Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 92 of Parent in Real Life. We are back with a funny Parent in Real Life moment. Oh, so good. Okay, so we were gone this weekend with my family, just adults only, so Alan's parents watched their kids, and the kids have memorized my cell phone number, which I think is important. It's good. But that also means they can call me. And so our oldest gave me a call just to check in. She's the type who just likes to check in with us. And so... She calls me, and then, of course, all the kids want to talk, and she passes the phone around, and then we get to Jack. And Jack is on the phone. He's just like, how am I talking to you? <laughs> You're on a phone? And he's like, but it's connected to the wall. <laughs> now, Alex, like an old-school landline where it's connected to the wall, has the line, the cable. What would you call it? Cord. The cord. <laughs> I don't even know what it's called anymore. Has the cord to the phone. And he was just like so confused at what was happening. So I was like, yep, this is what phones used to be like before we had cell phones. And he was just like, wow. <laughs> he was awesome. It'll probably be the only landline they ever know in their life. Yeah, we don't have a landline. And I feel like most people don't anymore. Unless it's like something built in like that where yeah. your parents would have to like take it apart. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That was funny. That was funny. So we were talking to my sister and she's, you know how you put your thumb and your pinky finger to do a phone? She says that her kids will do their whole palm, like to show us talking on a phone now. Because they're just flat bricks instead of like curved things. Yeah. So I'm like, I need to test that with my kids and say, if you're going to talk to a phone on your hand, how would you do that? Yeah. You should try it with your kids and see what they do. If they do the thumb and the pinky like we used to as kids or if they do their whole hand. Yeah. I also just wanted to remind you that I Etsy shop and on our website, alexistannerlane.com, we have a fun fall calendar and fall bucket list printout. So these are the giant poster prints. You can just get the digital download for that. And then you just send it over to Office Max or Office Depot for less than five bucks. Um, you get a huge poster print thing. So it's really fun just to do with your kids to get them excited about fall and just make sure you check off all the activities you'd like to get done because I feel like sometimes we get so busy that it's hard to remember to do the fun stuff too. So this can help you put it on a calendar or have it visible so you can remember. Oh, yeah. We do need to go to a corn maze or drink some hot cocoa or make apple pies. You know, all things. And now for our Hot Miss Hot Minute. This is the Hot Mess Hot Minute, where we sum up our podcast episode in a minute so you can decide if this episode is worth your precious time. Today we're talking about extracurricular activities. Specifically, how much is enough and how much is too much. So, we, uh, Alexis, read a bunch of articles and has some good tips for how to know if your kids are doing enough outside of school. Or too much. Mm-hmm. All right. So to get us started today, I did do a Google search. That's how I find all my articles. It's just Googling it. And I typed in how much extracurriculars is. And then I was interested to see 
what Google auto-populated for me because those are usually like the top hits, you know? Yeah. And so it said how much extracurriculars for college, for medical school, for law school, for Ivy League schools, and should a child do? I thought that was so interesting because here we are. I mean, our kids are not anywhere near college yet, but I think especially as Americans, we have this social pressure to make sure that our kids are doing extracurriculars so they can get into college and med school and law school and the most prestigious schools, you know? And so it's kind of, I think that kind of just shows you right there. It's hard to know the balance, like how much do they really need and is this going to make them successful in their lives? Yeah. And it's kind of frustrating to me, but it's reality, right? Like colleges, look at that. Used to do extracurriculars because they were fun and now you do them because you have to. Yeah, I think they're looking for people who are well-founded, right? They want you to do more than just be super smart or study a lot. They want to see that you're involved in other things. I don't know why that's... I don't think they care if you're well-rounded. You don't? I think that they care. Like they're just, everybody has GPA and the same test scores. And so you're looking for tiebreakers. Oh, okay. And so it's like, if you both have a 4.0 perfect score on the ACT, then what? Then what else did you do? And so I think it's just a tiebreaker thing. That makes sense. So it is bad, but extracurriculars are not bad. So we did look into how do you find that balance? And it's a little interesting that different cultures are different. Like we looked at China and Denmark and America and Ireland, um, just from other stuff we've read about or our own experience or articles we found. It's interesting. They all approach it really differently. China does school almost all day, but they still had a lot of pressure to do extracurricular stuff. And so they were doing extracurriculars into the middle of the night. And Anna started cracking down and said, okay, kids have to be done at 10. And then it was nine. And now it's none. They, they've said no more extracurriculars, out, no more tutoring outside of school. And so they've kind of gone full, full swing. I mean, they still have school for eight hours a day, but they have cut back on the extracurriculars. Yeah. I used to work for VIP kids. So I taught English in the morning and a lot of my kids are so tired because it's in the evening for them or, and then they would tell me about, oh, I just came from this practice or I used to have this practice, you know? And so they were definitely packed after school, but yeah, most of those um, English teaching companies are shutting down because China has said no more. For Denmark, we've talked about the Danish way of parenting and they do less extracurriculars. Uh, oftentimes their kids start school a little bit later, like a little bit older. And they seem to rely less on sports. They still do hobbies and stuff like that. They still find ways to connect with each other, but it seems like a less competitive environment. And so it, they just don't do as many extracurriculars, it seems like. We were talking the other day, but if you look at the sports that they're really good at in the Olympics, they're all winter sports and they're generally individual sports like speed skating or cross-country skiing or like there's things that you can do for fun and you primarily do for fun and usually individually. So maybe they get really good at it. And so they. So it's less competitive and more like, I don't know. I just think the sports that they choose are interesting and reflective of that. Yeah, that's interesting. And then as Americans, I feel like we're pretty competitive. Americans were built, you know, a competitive spirit, right? Yeah. To so, get ahead by working harder than somebody else. Yeah. And so I think in order to get into these big schools that, I don't know, necessarily either the parents want or the students want, you do have to work hard and get ahead. Right. Yeah. You have to differentiate yourself. It's, it is competitive to get to these schools. Like if you look at the acceptance, like it's pretty low in a lot of them. So yeah. I could see how you'd feel like you need to do that. Yep. And I thought it was interesting. We, I also read an article about what things are looking like in Ireland right now. And they said 
that they are doing more after school clubs because a lot of times the kids can't go home right away because both parents are working. And so they're finding, though, that the younger kids after school, they want something that is more low-key, more like home, you know, a place where they can relax and maybe have a snack. But the older kids want activities to do more like arts or sports and stuff like that. So it is interesting to see just the different age groups, what they're looking for after school. Yeah. So before we get into how to know if your kid is doing too much, want to share why it's bad to do too much. So the studies that they've done have shown that overcommitted kids, meaning they're committed to too many things, can feel anxiety and stress because they have this constant pressure reform. They go straight from school into activities and it's just go, 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 be the best, be better than, you know, Zach or Sally all the time. You see that in the Olympics, the most recent Olympics, there were several high profile people that couldn't do it. The pressure was too much and, and they burnt out right at a critical moment. And that I think is a high level example of the thing that you see with kids all the time, right? Kids that are good and talented, but get sick of it before they can do anything with it because they just don't love soccer that much or don't love basketball or violin enough to do it like for an hour every day, you know, and or more than that. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine and she was doing competitive piano in high school. And she said she'd be practicing four to five hours a day. I'm like, that is so much piano. Do your fingers bleed? That's <laughs> wild. Isn't that crazy? And, and then she asked her parents to do it. So she wanted to do it. She wanted to do it competitively, but they have to play these, I don't know, concertos or whatever that are pages long and they have to memorize them and they have to be perfect. So she's just doing hours of piano. Like, oh, I think I'd probably pass on that. Yep. Also, if they don't, if kids don't have enough time for fun, relaxing, unstructured time in their day, then that can be detrimental to their learning and growth in other areas. So if they're just too, too strict about their time, then they actually are going to miss out on some important social and mental development. Yeah. And that's hard to find some calm time if you're go, go, go all day. Right. And then also it's just expensive. You know, it's just one way that you're spending your money. And if that's your choice, then that's great. But it is just something to consider that it costs a lot of money mm -hmm. to be involved in these, especially highly competitive sports. Yeah. For most of us, expenses is our choice. Right? So is it is it this or that? Yeah. And so if your kid's in eight things, is that all you get to do? And you don't get to go on vacations or whatever else, all the other things that you choose not to do because you're doing that thing. A lot of times you have, like, if you're doing sports... You have tournaments and games when you would be doing vacation too. And yeah. that cuts over on what you're available to do as a family. Yeah. One of the confounding things I think is that how to know if you've done too much, but I think on the other side, most of us probably worry more that our kids, especially at a certain age, probably that our kids are, have too much downtime, that they're just on screens all the time and that they're not getting enough stimulation. And so I think that's the hard part is that a lot of times these things are good and they do need these outlets so that they're not just lazy on log, but, but you can push it too far. Right. Yeah. So there's also a lot of positives. It can be a good way to make friends or learn discipline, hard work, confidence, obviously the energy and exercise, and they do need some structure. Right. And, and it's interesting. There's some things we'll share about like different ages need different amounts of structure. I think it's interesting what COVID has done for so fa many families were so busy and then pretty much everything was taken away, right? Like you didn't have the sports or the practices anymore. And I think a lot of 
parents kind of looked at the time and like, okay, do we want to go back to what we were doing? Or where is the balance? I know for us, it was hard to get back into things. It was nice to not have to be in the car a lot and run kids around and whatever. So I do think this has been a good reflective time for families just to kind of figure out what they want their family to look like. Yeah, for sure. So now we're here to the tips from the experts on how to know if you're pushing it too much. Yeah, I read a bunch of articles and a lot of the very similar things. So these were just the overlap, you know, of what we pulled out from the best stuff. So the first thing is just don't start activities too young. And we talked about with the Irish thing, a lot of kids just want to be at home or need a little bit more unstructured play. Having said, our three-year-old's in a dance class, but it's only once a week for 45 minutes. And so it's really short. And she was super excited about it. She's been asking for a long time to do this. It was definitely pushed by her, not us. Yeah. And so I feel like that felt good because it gives her something to do, but it's just once a week. You know, it's not really time consuming. Yep. Most of her days are still pure free time all day. Yeah. And so this is like slowly introducing her into some structure. Yeah. So most experts in the articles we read suggest one to two activities outside of school. And how you know if one or two or more are correct often depends on how involved those activities are. So if they're happening once or twice a week, then you can fit more if they're every day a week. And so it's, again, about balancing that free time and the time to, to not have structure. You can also talk to your kids and see how they're feeling. Like, do they feel like they wish they were doing more or do they feel overwhelmed by what they're already doing? Yeah, some kids don't really need anything, you know? And that would be interesting too, is like, do they want extracurriculars at all? And especially if they're super intensive, they may not be interested in that. And kids can do a lot and feel great about it. Yeah. I find with our kids, it's a little different between each of the kids. I find that my oldest feels overwhelmed if she has more than one or two things a week because she's like, well, then I don't get to play with my friends. So I think it is good to talk to your kids to see what they're interested in and what they want to commit to. Totally agree. And then the last thing is to make sure that the activities that they're involved in aren't interrupting their life. And so they were kind of four categories. And if you can say no to any of these, then they're involved in too much stuff. So the first one is, can they get their homework done? Which I think is more for older kids because our kids don't really have homework. It seems like elementary school kids don't really have homework. So this might be for middle school and older. If they can't get their homework done, that's an issue. This is extracurricular. So I think that means curricular always has to come first, right? Yeah. The second one is, are they getting enough sleep? And that's usually eight plus hours. Some younger kids need more time than that. Can they have family together time. And we've always had family dinner time. And so sometimes I kind of have to adjust when we eat dinner because sports always seem to run like right during dinner time. We definitely have people running out the door. Yeah. Like quickly during dinner, but there's a moment when we can all sit down and eat for a second together. And then if you can't do family dinner time, then at least have like some sort of family time during the week. That's, you know, Friday night or Sunday or something. Sometime you guys can hang out together. And then the fourth one is time to play with friends. And so we don't have a ton of time by the time the kids get home from school and dinner time. So there's a short window for them to be able to play with their friends. And they hate it when they have stuff that they have to go do because they can't play with their friends. And so just make sure there's some friend time available. You know, I don't think it has to be every day, but at least sometimes throughout the week, they feel like they can hang out and play. Again, those four things, homework, sleep, family time, and friend time. 
if you're saying no to any of those because they have so many activities, then you're probably doing too much. Yep. Because you're overemphasizing one thing at the cost of one of these other things that are, according to experts, more important. <laughs> so hopefully you can kind of gauge where you're at with your kids. We started late and slow and we're kind of easing in and finding a good spot. But I thought these were helpful tips to know how much is too much and too little. Yeah. And we don't think any of our kids are going to be like college athletes or anything like that. I did talk to a piano teacher once and she said that she noticed that all kids are kind of about the same until about eight years old. And then they really started to pick up piano. And so I think that's just something to consider too, is maybe we think like, oh man, if we don't start them by the time they're five, they're never going to learn how to play. But sometimes waiting a little bit, their brains are working a little bit better. Their muscle movement is working a little bit better. And so sometimes they need to wait yeah. before they get started. Just let them grow up. Our son was probably the slowest to learn how to read. And now he's at second grade and he's made our best second grade reader. Like it took some time and then it clicked and now he's going. Yeah. Same thing with our daughter that took piano. I just for a long time wondering if she would ever get to a place where she could play. And now all of a sudden she can sight read and she can play. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do think you don't really know at this young age with most kids. And so it's okay. Just, I think it's a great time to explore a bunch of different things. And yeah, I like this too. It's kind of where you zero in on what you can enjoy. Yeah. I, I think that's something we've tried to do is just kind of let our kids try lots of different things. So I like to do things that are just kind of seasonal, you know, like, okay, let's try soccer or let's try swimming, whatever. And then they're kind of short periods. So you can see, do they like this? Do they feel good with this? Do they do? Great. Let's do another year. If not, let's try something else. Cause I feel like it takes a while to kind of what your kids like Yep. and for them to know what they like too. And our only rule is that once they start it, they finish it. It, everything has kind of a set season. Mm -hmm. And so they have to finish that season. Yeah. Cause it, I, we do want to teach grit too, right? Like we don't want to teach them to just be wishy-washy. We, we don't want them to just quit every time it gets hard or boring or whatever. Yeah. So it's that balance. We did do an episode on that when our daughter wanted to quit dance halfway through the year. <laughs> we didn't let her because she really didn't want to do it anymore. But it also makes me hesitant to do anything that's a whole year commitment for her. Because I don't know, she doesn't like to. She likes to change. She does love change. Just reorganized her room again. Multiple times. She's lived in this room for maybe four months, five months. Maybe. <laughs> And it's changed that many times. It's almost on a weekly basis. I feel like she's moving everything. Yeah, readjustments. <laughs> she loves it. We don't get involved with it. And so I'm okay with it. But anyway, that's extracurricular activities. Hope it helped. Bye. Goodbye now. Thanks everyone for listening. Alexis, thanks for your great research and your amazing editing. And Alan, thanks for showing up. <laughs> Happy to help. You can follow us on Instagram at Alexis Tanner Lane or find us on our website at alexistannerlane.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to tell a friend. That's the best way for people to find out about our podcast. And if you haven't already, give us a rating. And as always, a special thanks to our five kids for being kids. <laughs>